This audio production is brought to you by the Islamic Institute of Toronto. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Welcome everyone to the Friday Night Hour from the Islamic Institute of Toronto. My name is Mamun Hassan and I'm your host for today. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're happy. I hope you're healthy and wealthy. Uh, we have an exciting show for you today, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. As you know, the Friday Night Hour is a replacement for our live program that we were holding at the Islamic Institute of Toronto uh, before uh, the pandemic came, came upon us. Uh, but Alhamdulillah, we are finding ways to gather, we are finding ways to meet each other. Uh, and this is honestly, it, it has just been a, a really amazing forum for that as well. Before I begin, I want you to go ahead and um, share this video. If you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook or Twitter, Go ahead and share this actual video itself. I'm going to give you a couple of moments to go ahead and do that. Second thing, what I'd like for you to do is go ahead and uh, comment. Let us know where you're joining us from. I'm just looking at the comments here right now as they're coming about. Let me know where you're joining us from. Uh, that's always good uh, for our algorithm, obviously. As you know, Facebook and YouTube like comments and they like likes. Uh, so go ahead and uh, comment. Let us know where you're joining us from. Tell us uh, about everything that is happening with you. Uh, so it's a new year and uh, it, as you know, obviously uh, uh, at the beginning of every single uh, new year, uh, we always start the year with a lot of movements and a lot of people who actually start to go for Umrah. It's just usually the actual perfect time for that. Today, what I want to do is I want to talk to Sheikh Abdul Hamid, who is, by the way, the person who also, he, the Sheikh who gave the khutbah today, but he just returned back from Umrah. And I want to talk to him about how his uh, Umrah during this time of pandemic was like. So let me go ahead and bring Sheikh Abdul Hamid, inshallah, and then uh, we will be able to uh, chit chat with him, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Sheikh Abdul Hamid. How are you? Alhamdulillah, it is a pleasure to see you, Sheikh. Uh, they always say anybody who comes back from Umrah, they have this um, aura and uh, this, this, and yes. I don't know if it's just the. Uh, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, you, you have it and you look good. MashaAllah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and give you Jannah, inshaAllah. Ameen, Ameen, and all of us. Allah ibarakik. Shaykh Abdul Hamid, let me begin. So first of all, uh, let's begin with the khutbah. Today's khutbah was about morality. Um, honestly, just the, the main question that I always ask when we talk about khutbah, what is the motivation behind a given khutbah under that title today? Okay, so... Um, as you know, and many of our listeners probably know, I am doing a, the course on the Tariq al Khulafai Rashidin, the history of the rightly guided Khulafa. Uh, it happens every Wednesday, brothers and sisters, from 7 to 9. And inshallah, right. we had a short break and we will resume from uh, the week of um, January 17th. So if you're not part of that, I would encourage you to check it out, you know, every Wednesday um, from 7 to 9. Um, so in preparing for this course, and, you know, I'm looking at uh, some details of the lives of the four rightly guided Khulafa. And I, I wanted to go beyond what we normally hear about these personalities. Uh, I mean, we often hear what is recorded in the hadith, in the authentic hadith. And mashallah, there's a lot of information there and all that. But I wanted to go beyond that, you know, and, and get into you know, some insights into the personalities of these individuals. And so as I began to research, you know, the life of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu arda, 
I came across this incident, and actually, as I mentioned in the khutbah, this is a hadith that is recorded and reported by Al-Imam Al-Bukhari in his Sahih. Um, you know, and, and I was really struck by his sense of morality, his sense of, 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 of you know, subhanAllah, justice and fairness. And, you know, I've thought about it a lot. And, and I, I wonder, I mean, if, if I were in that situation, I would have probably given it to my wife, who happens to be the granddaughter of the Prophet But I was blown away at the sense of, of accountability before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sense of morality that Umar ibn al-Khattab had. And you know, subhanAllah, in all of this, it's not like he thought about it. Somebody actually suggested that he should do this. Mm -hmm. And still, he didn't give in to that sort of temptation that you and I might give in to and say, well, you know what? This is the granddaughter of the Messenger of Allah, alayhi salatu wasalam. You know, all the other ladies have gotten something as well. That's so right. let me give it to this person. Uh, uh, so I was really, really struck by this sense of, of, of high morality that he had, radiallahu anhu, that he focused not on that, but rather on a lady who played a significant role during the Battle of Uhud in providing water for the Sahaba and, the, and those who were in the army and fighting and wounded and all that. And, and it made me realize that, you know, uh, subhanallah, what we value today, the companions valued a, a completely set, a different set of things, subhanallah. That is what Umar ibn al-Khattab valued. In his eyes, that was enough to elevate this lady, Umm Salit, even above that of the status of the granddaughter of the Prophet alayhi salam. And I, I said, you know what, I, I must use this, this, this incident and this event in one of the khutbas, insha'Allah, and masha'Allah, I had the opportunity today to do so. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you, Sheikh. Uh, mm -hmm. So, I mean, obviously, and, and I'll say this, uh, it doesn't really surprise us uh, to be like that Amr al-Khattab would behave in such a way. And I want to place it into some sort of practicality for us for like our modern day behaviors, right? Uh, sorry. So just before I actually go on, if you're just joining us, Sheikh Abdul Hamid is actually talking about his khutbah today. And uh, it was a, he's reflecting on the khutbah itself was about one incident uh, that happened uh, during the times of Abdul Khattab when he was uh, uh, tasked really in a sense uh, with having so many different types of clothings and then he what he did is he distributed the clothing on all the women of the Medina itself and then he was left with one piece of clothing um, and it was suggested to him that he gives it to his wife who was Umm Kulthum, the daughter of Ali ibn Abi Talib, uh, the granddaughter of the Prophet وسلم, but uh, Amr al-Khattab declined to do this and uh, he recommended to give it to another woman because he saw her during the battle, uh, one of the battles, uh, distributing water to those who are in need. And in that, basically, he showed uh, where his priorities are. Now, Sheikh Abdul Hamid, um, again, just like I was going to say to you, it's, it's not difficult for us to believe that that, how, that, that would be how Abdul Khattab would behave. But uh, today, for instance, people in in in, uh, in places of uh, positions of power, really, honestly, if you think about it, right, they live in a life of of, of I guess privilege, and they're you know and they see some of the property of the people as their own, and so on and so forth. Now, I don't want you to comment politically on this here, but like I guess wanna um, what what was the difference in the way that Umar Khattab behaved versus how uh, what we would behave today, for instance, in terms of uh, his relationship with Allah. 
Um, a couple of things. First of all, um, I believe that anyone, not just in those days, but even today, if a person is truly conscious and mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they would also behave, masha'Allah, at a very high level and standard of character. And I think that's one of the things that is that is badly lacking uh, within uh, the lives of people these days, and, and in particular Muslims' lives, right? Um, we do our prayers and all that, and we do a lot of good things, masha'Allah. Um, but we tend to come compartmentalize these things okay we do our salah and then after salah we think we're kind of free and we can do whatever we want but consciousness of allah means that we're always aware in salah and out of salah that allah is always present and he's watching and we need to have that if we have that then yes we can also subhanallah we can also behave at a level like the companions the other thing is uh the companions subhanallah i found that I find that they have, or they had, uh, you know, this sincerity with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Their faith in Allah, their iman in Allah was not just lip service. There was a level of honesty and sincerity in that. And that helped them to subject their own desires to what was pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, so these are the two things that I find that uh, uh, often today we ourselves are lacking in we're not always conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we lack that level of sidq ma'allah yani that, that sincerity with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the companions had and, and this is really what caused them to stand out and, and this is the secret of subhanallah the success that they achieved May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you inshallah Alright, so that was about today's uh, Friday khutbah for those of you who are uh, watching us online I actually posted uh, the, uh, the link for the khutbah itself on our chat. So you can go ahead and actually watch the khutbah itself, inshallah ta'ala. Um, this audio production has been made possible by the contributions of people like you. Please consider making a donation. Our virtual line collection is now open at www.islam.ca forward slash donate. Now, I do want to switch gear a little bit because uh, Shah Abdul Hamid, it's been a very long two years uh you are used to going to hajj every year alhamdulillah from before this uh so you're you're the perfect person to actually ask about this so you it's been difficult for us to move about but you just returned from umrah so first of all tell me how you're feeling Shaykh. alhamdulillah i'm feeling really well mm -hmm. and i thank allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that uh despite the travels and despite going for prayers at the at mecca and medina we haven't uh we didn't catch any any covid virus or anything like that so we all went and we came back safely mashallah and we're all doing well alhamdulillah health wise alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Uh, spiritually uh, as well spiritually. We're also in good spirits um because subhanallah the trip was a short one i mean we only spent three full days in medina mm -hmm. the fourth day was to travel and you know arriving and getting settled and all that and we spent only three full days in Mecca, so it was a short time. But subhanAllah, you know, the opportunity alone to be in Medina, in the city of the Prophet ﷺ, and the opportunity to pray in his masjid. And in particular, MashaAllah, um, you know, be able to pray in the Rawdah. Mm -hmm. And also to have the opportunity, at least for the brothers, to pass in front of the house of the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, and to be able to um, give him salams, right? 
this mm -hmm. really is a, a tremendous uh, spiritual upliftment for me and, mm -hmm. and I'm sure my family. And you know, then we went to Mecca and mashallah, we had the opportunity to do tawaf of the Kaaba in Umrah and to pray our salah in the haram in Mecca. Uh, subhanallah, it's, uh, you know, even if a person gets one chance to pray one prayer in there, that is good enough to uplift your spirits, mashallah. So it was, it's really beautiful, mashallah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Shahadat um some of the things, let's talk about some of the practicalities of how it is. So some people are always asking about how 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 did it work out? Um, what did you have to do? Let's talk about that from a practice. For those of, those people who are thinking of going, first of all, actually before I even, would you suggest for people to go for Umrah nowadays if it's open? Well, if it's open, the only the only caution or concern I would I would have is with this new variant now, the Omicron variant of the COVID-19 uh, virus. Um, I mean, when we booked and we went, it was just starting. I mean, we left uh, Toronto and it was just over a thousand uh, positive cases per day we were having. Mm -hmm. When I came back and I heard we were at 11,000 and, and 15,000 and I'm surprised. So yeah. My personal view right now would be to people is maybe to hold off a little bit, just watch it for another month and see how it's going. Mm -hmm. uh, and as long as, you know, our government does not um, close the airports or, or, or ban uh, uh, traveling, right? I mean, they have an advisory, uh, they have an advisory out, not a ban. Yeah. So if, if, if it's not a ban and, you know, you're still allowed to travel, um, you can, and you get the opportunity, you can go, go for Umrah, subhanAllah. Mm -hmm. Go for mm -hmm. home. Uh, of course, there are certain things that you need to do. All right, let's talk about that, sir. What's what? What are some of the first things that you have to do before you leave from here? So, so the Saudis, mashallah, and and I'm amazed that they, they they have done this within the short little while that the COVID nineteen virus came into existence, right in 2020. Um, I am actually very surprised that within a year and a half they brought out some apps and they streamlined their system that it works really well. I mean, we were there, we had to use the apps, so we were part of the system and it worked really well. So mm -hmm. what the Saudis have done is, before you even leave Canada, five days uh, uh, or less before you travel or before you arrive in Saudi, you're supposed to do a registration, a Saudi registration. They have a, a website called Muqim. Right. You go on that website and you register yourself. Right. You put in your visa number, your passport number. They ask you for vaccines. Right. They ask you for the dates of the vaccines uh, and, and, and the type of vaccine and the proof. Right. So you have you have to show them the government proof that we that the, the government in Ontario has has issued for, for all Ontarians. Um, so you do that. And then you're also supposed to download two apps, one app is to show that you are vaccinated because they will not let you into the haram or into any other building unless you show this app uh, here is the smart thing about what the saudis did you know with my proof of um of vaccination that i received from the ontario government i can take a screenshot i can send it to a friend they can just flash it at the gate and you go in right wrong yeah. what the saudis wanted subhanallah is that they have their own app for the vaccine so you have to every time you go to the haram you have to you have to uh, uh, um, tap on the app you have to bring up the app you have to open it up 
and you have to show uh, a live uh, uh, picture of your vaccine. There's an actual uh, rotational piece that goes yes, around. Yes. Yeah. Now, I tried to take a screenshot of that. It does not work. No, it doesn't. Yeah. So you can't fool them, right? I can't take a screenshot and send it to somebody and he doesn't have the vaccine. So he gets in the heart of no. It has to be that live one with that light going around. If that yeah. is not happening, they do not allow you to enter the haram. Right. I was. Oh, Hamid, you're also saying uh, not allowed to go into the haram, but uh, so you're actually not allowed to go anywhere. Of course, in any building. Yeah, with yeah, exactly. Yes. You're without, not any. Right? You're not allowed to go any public place without yes. that. Subhanallah. All right. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the hotel, if you can show, right? If you show your key, for example, to your yeah. room, they know that you are mm -hmm. residing there. They know that you have been through all this uh, security checks and the all process, that. They right. let you go in. All right. But if you're going in for the first time and you don't have your key to show that you you're residing here. They will ask you yeah, to show you your show that. That's right. So I was blown yeah. away by that, that yeah. that this is so advanced and so secure that you can't even screenshot it. It has to be live, subhanAllah. And this is one of the measures that I feel happy about that they have taken to ensure or, or to, to ensure the well-being and protection of everybody who goes there. Mm -hmm. And yes, at the Haram, when you go in, they have put up barriers and they have the guards there and they check your app. Subhanallah. I mean, and I've seen them turning away a lot of people. That's right. I've seen that with my own eyes. All right. So, you know, sometimes you think, well, maybe I can slip in with the crowd. No, there is no crowd. They have put up the barriers in such a way you enter single file, basically. Mm -hmm. And then they have another app, Subhanallah, where you can book your Umrah. Uh, you can book your prayer times, your registration for the prayers in Mecca. Alhamdulillah, in Medina, we did not have to book any prayers, not even Jumu'ah. Okay, all right. we had to do for Medina was to book our time for praying in the Rauda. And also, if you wanted to give salams to the Prophet, and, and those apps worked well. And I like the system of, of the app and your appointment, your appointed time. Because so it's actually an amazing thing about it, Sheikh. Uh, and, and just so I can explain to some people what's happening here. So the app itself actually gives you a specific time that you go into the Rawla. So not everybody's coming and there's there's only certain open slots. Now, Sheikh Abdul Hamid, you lived in Medina a long time. Uh, I, I never lived in Medina, but I, I used to live in Riyadh. And then when I, when I used to visit uh, Medina, it, it's almost an impossibility yes. for me to secure two yes. rak'ahs yes. in the rawda. But now yeah. with the actual open slot, you know, yeah. you get a half an hour of time where you get to pray. It's 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 quiet. You have a spot Mashallah. that is secured for and you. Secure yeah. and peaceful. It's peaceful because they only allow, and I guess they have figured it out, right? Because yeah. when they take the you in, they have you sit on some, on some carpets. When those carpets are filled, they stop taking people in. Because they know mm -hmm. that's the amount of people that can comfortably be accommodated in the Rauda, mashallah. It was a very mm -hmm. peaceful experience and very nice. I enjoyed it for that reason, that you were not rushing to do your two rakats and get out. No, you know, you could, right. you could peacefully pray in the Rauda, right? And as we all mm -hmm. know, perhaps some may not know, but the Prophet ﷺ said in an authentic hadith in the Sahih, in the two Sahih, whatever that space between my member and my house Allah is a garden. From the gardens of paradise Allahu Akbar. so mashallah i i like this app system this appointment system and i hope that they will keep this in place even after the COVID 19 we're out of it because it works yeah. really well it gives everybody a mm -hmm. chance um and it also takes away this pushing and shoving and fighting just to get in there that's right
subhanallah. And I've heard from the sisters as well that this is beautiful for them because before I've heard a lot of horror stories from sisters about the pushing mm. and the shoving and sisters trying to get in there. But yeah. with this system now, subhanallah, it's very peaceful and calm. You show up at your appointed time. And too bad if you miss your appointment, that's it. That's right. When we went, we were told that you can only book the Rauda once in every 30 days, once a month. So this was amazing, right? Through the app now, I couldn't go a second time because if I didn't have the appointment on my phone through the app, they will not let me in. You're not allowed to go back in, yeah. Yes. So subhanAllah, this is amazing that, that, that they have developed within the short time. And it really works well, and it allows people, mashaAllah, to go there and to visit the Rauda and to pray in the Rauda in a very peaceful and calm way. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's very important because, I mean, Salah is not just the going through the motions, but it's to be able to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to concentrate. And this allows... It's not something you want to rush. Yeah, it's not something you want to rush. It's something you want to be, especially when you're making dua. And, and, and it's been... And, and subhanAllah, this is the thing that happens sometimes when, when you're going for Umrah. Like, some people only go once in their lifetime. Yeah. Right? Like, this is it. Uh, even for Umrah, like not even Hajj. Umrah, That's some people I know, I know, I know personally people who have who've saved for years to go for Umrah without any hope of going for Hajj. So to them, this is yeah. this is what they have, that they have the ability for. Yeah. And then uh, the disappointment is really real when they go there of this course. one time in their life, and then they have no time to spend yes. uh, doing their rituals, doing their ibadat, and so on and so forth. For sure. So yeah, so, so this is certainly... I mean, uh, I would say this is definitely one of the big, great blessings of this, of this, this pandemic, is Allah. that they have actually developed an app or a system I hope that they keep it going. That actually allows it does wonders for for allowing people the opportunity to pray in the Rauda. I actually do hear the fact that they are going to be keeping it as a system. Obviously, they're going to, as the pandemic uh, uh, leaves, there the idea is to uh, to open it up and have more people coming. But uh, the system of booking, yes, I think is something that's going oh, yeah. to stay for a long time because really, uh, let's be real. Uh, yeah. You know, the world has changed really in a sense, alhamdulillah. And to me, uh, me as yeah. well, you know, uh, going to Medina is always like going home. Allahu Akbar. Because I, I studied there, I, I, I lived there for eight years, mashallah. And um, I mean, even though with all the um, renovations and expansion of the Haram in Medina, of course, um, Medina wasn't like that when I went there in uh, in 1983. I went there for the first time in 1983, right? SubhanAllah. Mm -hmm. Um, but still, when I hear the Adhan, right, the Adhan of the Mu'addins who were there since those days, SubhanAllah mm -hmm. brings back so many memories, Allah right, Allah. and, you know, for me personally, I mean, having studied in Medina, it's always as if I'm coming home, I, you know, it's a place that I always feel comfortable and relaxed, and I've heard, look, uh, uh, I had my wife's uncle with us, he and his wife went mm -hmm. with us, and he has never been to Saudi. Mm -hmm. Not for Hajj, not for Umrah, not for anything else. This is his first time there. And I was surprised when he told me, after coming to Mecca, he said to me, you know, I really like Medina. It's yeah. such a calm and peaceful place. And I have always, myself personally, observed that about Medina. It's a more relaxed and easygoing place. Mecca mm -hmm. is more of a place where there's people are on the move and there's a hustle and bustle going on all the time. SubhanAllah. So I was surprised that he's going there for the first time. He's only spent three days in Medina, three days in Mecca, but he could see this difference. The difference, absolutely. You know, the relaxed nature and the calmness. You know, subhanAllah, 
almost as if you know well not almost as if we are right in medina you are in the, when you go to the masjid you are in the presence of the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam as much as he has passed away and all that but even after he passed away you know umar ibn al-khattab for example when he was a khalifa he would not allow he would not allow people to even raise their voices in the masjid allahu akbar there is a report in sahih al-bukhari where once two men were talking and they were uh, talking not very very loudly but not quietly either in the masjid so he took omar took some pebbles because he didn't want to shout to them and he threw them threw through the pebbles at them mm. and they looked up and they saw him and he called them and he asked them who are you guys and they told them that they were visiting from outside and he said to mm. them don't you know where you are you are in the masjid of the messenger of allah next to him and you're raising your voices if you were from the citizens of medina i would have punished you but since you're from outside you know you don't know better i will excuse you this time so subhanallah that's an amazing feeling about medina you know going to the masjid and, and, and realizing that you're actually you know when you walk around in medina subhanallah realizing that you're walking on land that the sahaba used to walk on that the prophet salam walked on subhanallah that's an amazing feeling yes Allahu Akbar. Shalom Hamid. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala bless you and give you Jannah. Inshallah. May Allah accept your Umrah and reward you for all of the work that you're doing. Wallahi, we are truly blessed to see you back. And may Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Yeah. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala remove this pandemic off of us. Inshallah. Until we see you another time. Inshallah, Sheikh. Jazakallah Khair. Allahu Akbar. Salam alaikum. That was uh, Sheikh Abdul Hamid, and he was just uh, telling us a little bit about his uh, actual trip, at, uh, his last Umrah trip that he has just made. He has just returned back. For those of you who are just joining us, you've been watching the Friday Night Hour from the Islamic State of Toronto. My name is Mamoun Hassan. I've been your host today. I do want to let you know about a couple of things that are actually happening here at the Islamic State of Toronto before I let you go. First of all, we are very close to 10,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. I would so so appreciated i would genuinely appreciate it if i can get you all all of you who are actually watching right now to go ahead to share our youtube channel with those uh your friends and those who can be benefiting from these programs uh i think we're short about 200 people to reach 10,000 people this will be a really amazing thing for us to actually reach this 10,000 people before I don't know, in the next couple of days, inshallah, uh, we can do it. If you just want to go ahead to our YouTube channel, go ahead and share the actual uh, channel, the whole channel, and tell your friends, listen, you've got to subscribe to the Islamic Institute of Toronto's uh, uh, YouTube channel. This is an amazing institution, and they're providing all their programming on there. As you know, on our YouTube channel and also on our Facebook, we share every single event that happens at the Islamic Institute of Toronto, all our classes that we actually hold uh, at the Islamic Center of Toronto, we live stream it free of charge uh, to our YouTube channel, to our Facebook channel, and also to our Twitter account. So you need to go ahead and like these three places if you want to follow with us. So I want to give you some time to go ahead and do that. Second thing, I want to let you know that the week of the 17th of January 17th, inshallah, all of our classes are going to be returning back. Sheikh Abdul Hamid is going to be starting his part two of the Khulafa Rashidun. Uh, that's a program where uh, that's a class where he talks about 
the uh, companions of the Prophet وسلم, really the, the, with a focus on the Khulafa Rashidun, the four uh, closest companions of the Prophet وسلم, to him and those who came after him in the actual ruling. We already did uh, Abu Bakr Siddiq and Umar al-Khattab. That class is actually available now as well also on demand. It's recorded. Uh, you can go ahead and register for it and get it. Uh, the part two, I believe, uh, is going to take on Uthman uh, ibn uh, Affan and Ali ibn Abi Talib. We'll see how the Sheikh uh, does it, inshallah ta'ala. Sheikh Abdullah Hakim Quick is also going to be continuing his uh, his class. And uh, Sheikh Muslih Khan, ta'ala, as well, is going to be starting a new class. And Sheikh Ahmed Kuti has his, uh, his short uh, lectures, uh, the 101 prophetic traditions, that are, those are happening on Sunday night. Monday night and Wednesday night at 6.30 as well. Please, please join us for these programs. These programs are for you to take on. They are free of charge. Uh, if you're just going to go ahead and watch them, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who has gathered us here today, inshallah ta'ala, I ask him to gather us all in Jannah. And uh, with that, I want to say, assalamu alaikum, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all. May Allah give you guys all Jannah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. You have been listening to an audio production by the Islamic Institute of Toronto. Education for Virtuous Living. Please visit our website at www.islam.ca.